Welcome to the Beauty Business Strategies Podcast, where we give salon, spa, and med spa owners quick tips to make more money, inspire your team, and create world-class client experiences. Welcome, everybody, to the Beauty Business Strategies Podcast. Happy to be with you guys again. My name is Michael Yost, your host for today. And as we do on every podcast, again, we get to talk to great business leaders, uh, business uh, owners of companies, uh, and we also get a chance to talk to great uh, some of our great coaches and educators that are part of strategies as well on the team. And we've got exactly one of those team members with us today by the name of Brett Pierce. Brett, how are you? I'm doing fantastic today, Michael. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Not only is Brett a great coach and a great educator, but Brett is also a business owner. So again, he can relate. As a matter of fact, it's one thing I hold a lot of pride in is that really everyone at some point or another, maybe not everyone currently, but uh, have all been a part of a business uh, owner leadership. And I think that's a big deal. But Brett is still currently in that role as a business owner. So for those that aren't familiar with you, just give us a quick, uh, just give us a quick overall introduction, just beyond the idea of strategies. But uh, give us just a quick little uh, introduction to yourself from the professional world as well. Great, I can do that. So uh, I am in Huntsville, Alabama. That's the area that I was born and raised. I was raised in the hair salon industry. My mom and dad started our company in 1973. So this year, Michael. We celebrate 49 years of being in business. So I'm blessed with that, right? And on top of that, I grew up with the thinking of it's about team from the very early on, which was odd for, for our industry. The, the great thing was I had the privilege of in you know about 2007 of being introduced to strategies. So that's how I began my, my trek with strategies. Prior to that, we kind of ran off of what my father had taught us and what he knew about business and his whole thing about uh, he he always stretched it looking for a way to uh, invite people into our world, meaning into the business side. He wanted them to know things, right? But unfortunately, in the mid-90s, he had passed away. And me, I was a worker bee. I was behind the chair all the time. I was a hair colorist. That's all I did day in and day out, just Every 15 minutes, a color, a color, a color, a color, doing that sort of thing. It's the same thing was true for my mother and my sister, who is still involved in the company today. We started looking for ways in the 2000s of how to duplicate a lot of what my dad was doing to really grow the business. And we were struggling with that. And it, you know, my searches would lead me in some places, but I didn't find anything that was really my fit until I found strategies. And then so, you know, mid, mid 2000s, we get, we started with strategies and we started seeing how we could implement team more, how we could become a healthier company. And then fortunately in 2013, I became a coach with strategies and I'm able to implement even more of what we have as strategies in my company and be able to utilize as a coach, those things that I work with every day. I see the everyday struggle that we're all going through, you know, from, from just finding new staff to inspiring staff to keeping passion alive, that sort of thing. So being that I'm in a town that is NASA-based, high-tech-based, missile defense, uh, in fact, 
I think we are probably on the radar of every foreign country. If they're going to strike, they're going to strike me first uh, because we're so so ingrained in what the U.S. government does as far as our defense mechanisms go. And we're also headquarters number two for FBI. Now, I only mean that as a positive, not as a negative that we're going to get smashed. I'm just saying for the fact that we're in an area that that asks for people to think different. And that's what we we focus on. How do we think different? How do we grow people? Because we're dealing with really smart people in our area. Uh, that just gives you a little bit of kind of an idea of me. You know, of course, Michael, you know, I can go on and on and on. Oh, I know. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> I'm counting on. That's what I'm <laughs> counting on. So that's why you think, you know, you got to ask people on podcasts that can cover the time, you know. Right. So, <laughs> so with that in mind, actually, though, in a little bit of, uh, you know, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you, you know, on a podcast is because in some of our side conversations and, and things that we've had, you know, there's kind of been some constant, you know, consistent kind of conversation and theme that's come up. And I'm like, man, this would make for a really great podcast. And so it stems from this. It stems from the idea of, you know, part of the conversation comes from just our love of binge watching television shows and whatnot. And, you know, one of the well, I know a lot of people out there watch it and things like that, but we're especially fans of it is uh, Ted Lasso. Right. And so if you're not familiar with Ted Lasso, you're still cool. It's all right. Go check it out. You'll be fine. And you'll be able to follow all of our conversation just fine. But the point is this, is that it kind of inspired the theme for today, which is, you know, out of that, we start talking about the idea of team leadership. And, you know, you could almost call this like I always want to do, a, you know, team leadership, the Ted Lasso way. Uh, kind of thing. And if you watch the show, you get what I mean. But at the same time, if you don't, you're not going to be lost again in this conversation. Because the point of it is, is that there is an idea of how do we create the point of the conversation of what what I really want to dig into is how do we create stronger team leadership? Because I think that, you know, that's such a, a big part of what people aspire to and what people desire, but creating that, man, there can be a big disconnect from that. What are, Just out of the gate, what are some of your immediate thoughts around that? You know, you and I are such the same page with that. And, you know, you were the one that said, hey, you got to watch this show, Ted Lasso. And I'd seen the commercials for it and I kind of, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. And you had said something. You had said, listen, I've gone and looked at some of the way he's coaching on this TV show, and I'm seeing it all over the Googles. I'm seeing it all over the web, you know, this EQ mindset of, of leadership, this empathy for those around you type of leadership. And it began to inspire my, me to start thinking, you know, what makes that great? How, how, how can we utilize that? And we, and I look around and we're kind of doing that now. So we get more into it. And those that haven't seen the show, it's Jason Sudeikis' show. And he is a football coach in the U.S. that gets hired to be a soccer coach or actually a football coach to everybody else in the world in the U.K. And, and doing, he knew nothing about the sport, but he did know one thing. He knew how to build and unite teams. And the biggest piece for me in there, when Michael had, when you, st- you had first started talking about it, when I started looking at it, I started again to see that this was merely bridging the gap in business 
or in building teams. It had nothing to do with what the sport or what the business was because you have the human factor. You have people. And in that part, thinking about what those people are and what they do, I've, I've, you know, for you and I, for conversations, we started going, hey, you know, when you think about great teams and leadership and you're building leaders inside the team, because leadership isn't necessarily the owner, right? You know, you have leadership at all different levels, so it's not necessarily an owner. So if we're creating this caring atmosphere where we have empathy for each other, and this is not for us to say, no, what you did, that's, that's okay. Don't worry about that. No, it's not that. It is to inspire each other to be better and to let go of what didn't work. Let's correct it and let's move on. And let's do this as a team. We're here to support. What do you need to do to be, to be better? Okay, great. I'm here to cheer you on for that. But in that, in that team piece, in that leadership piece, we can't, we can't forget a very important part of this. There was that one person who was the coach. Maybe this was the lead leader of some of a sorts. And that person also needs the same thing back. If you think about the great companies, Mike, if you think about the, 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 the things, Michael, that companies you hear about would the, the staff would stand out in the street and shout at anybody that would say anything negative about them. They would be there to defend it, you know, tooth and nail. Those companies, those people in those companies do that because they believe in the company and they believe in the leadership. And that's where I think it goes back the other way, where they're actually showing the empathy and, and giving to the other person, trying to make sure that that person feels protected. And I've seen it in my own company. And I would tell you the first time, Michael, that I, that I experienced it, I didn't know what to do with it. It's kind of like, you know, those people, people that were in bad relationships for a long time, and all of a sudden they're in a good relationship and somebody says something really nice to them and they don't know whether to believe them or not. They're like, uh, I don't know. Like, don't hug me because I'm not used to it. You know, that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing when it comes about all the way around. And the, the thing is, is how do we find the key? And that's why I was, I'm excited about our conversation today is because I think this begins that conversation. What's, what's the key? Because it's not just send 10 team members to a class to like your boss. That's not what it's about. The boss can't send them to a class to like what they do. Hey, would you please teach them what I can't teach them? That's not, not really going to work. You're the leader. We're going to work with you as strategies. We're going to work with you to be a better leader. But we got to be able to put that stuff in place. That's where, you know, that's, that's been what's been on my mind. That's what I've been thinking of since you and I have kind of began this conversation around this type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's exactly it. You know, it's, it is one of those things you, you know, you reckon, you reference back to the, you know, to what we're equating to, which is, you know, we said, you know, bring up the idea of Ted Lasso in this show. And, you know, again, as Brett pointed out, the key there was the fact that here's someone that began a leadership in an area that he was unfamiliar with. 
but he had he had the right components. And this is what we what we can really glean from this is he took really right components that we could apply in any field. And you could start to say, you know what, this is what leadership looks like. I may not know exactly everything. I may not have the answer to everything, but here's what I do know. And he he found ways to, to, to stay, to create that relationship and to build that, which in turn started fostering that team leadership kind of idea. So if we were to kind of explore a couple key things, you know, I think out of, you know, out of what we kind of observed in watching that and just in general, not just watching that show, but just in general, as you kind of apply and you look kind of bigger picture at other companies and, and, you know, through other reading and other research and things, a few things always come up as kind of consistent, you know, in the, in the dialogue. One of the things I think that really stands out is the fact that he, you know, I think that from a leadership standpoint, he met people where they were. You know, I think it's a matter of meeting people where they are and trying to understand that first before, because it took time to build, you know, in a way, I think what happens here is when you meet people where they are, I think what happens is you start to build, not only build understanding, build communication, you build trust. And then in turn, you can understand and that team member also starts to become more engaged in the process takes part more, which then leads to that idea of long-term that leads to that team leadership piece. So I see that, that idea of meeting people where they are, that engagement, you could even, you, I spun out of, you know, the word that you used, which was empathy, which to me is just nothing more than understanding someone else. It doesn't mean, you know, always empathy isn't always agreeing with someone else. It just, I understand someone else. That doesn't always have to mean agreement. I don't know. Where's that? Where where's that leaving you right now, Brett? Well, I think that's I think that's a great point. The the understanding where somebody else is and their thinking, and you know, we're in this hypercharged um, uh, uh, environment, especially in business. So this hypercharged environment in today's world. And I mean, what I mean by that is I think we, we, we become very sensitive to the things that somebody might say. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that that, that exists. And if we could just as in leadership, take a breath and try to understand where that person is. I don't mean change your policy. I don't mean change your values. Your values need to stay aligned. Do your values get adjusted every once in a while? Yeah. That happens, but they need to remain intact for the entire group. That remains. That doesn't change. To to be you know empathetic towards somebody is exactly what you said. You know, as understand where where they are, where they need to be. I think a lot of what we're saying comes from first. You know, as a leader, that's what your job is. You're supposed to be the example. You lead by example. You're you're the one that steps up there and, and does these things. So if you're going out there and lead by example and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm acknowledging, you know, this is where you are," or I understand what you're saying. If I could take a moment to slow down and go, just take a breath, remember, and this is what one of the things I say around you know our team. Just remember that person had different 
different parents or, or different guardians that raised them. They raised them differently than you. And so the verbiage used in their house is different than the verbiage used in your house. Not everybody thinks the same because they weren't raised the same. And so you have to then look at, you know, it, either culturally or just culture in their own household. It doesn't have to be the overall culture. Take a moment to, to look at that. When you start to do that, it's, it's the big part. There's where trust starts to show up. So when you start to build trust, because, you know, that, that person listened to me. Yeah. You know, no, I wish it was differently because I wanted to have this change in hours or I wanted to have this thing happen. But once it was, once it was understood that they heard me and it wasn't just, I was just shut down on it. There was an explanation of, you know, here's the direction we're going. I'm still a part of that direction. They, they still invited me to be a part of that direction. If this is something we want to we want to achieve, let's work on it as a goal, as a group. It's taking that moment to give all sides to it and creating the trust. Once that trust, and I, I and like you said, once I look at where they are, and maybe because because I can't have everybody come to me. It's not can't be that guy that sits in a in a in an office on the fifth floor and everybody they talk to has to go to his office in the fifth floor. It, it needs to be that person needs to go to them and, and bridge a gap because that person is also dealing with things inside or challenges or ideas, things they want to, you know, say that could make the company much, much better. If we allow it, if we allow it out. Right. You know, in, in, Hearing you, you, you know, again, mind my mind gets moving as it as it does every time I as uh, with every guest that I get a chance to talk with and, and things like that. And I always that's why I love doing this. You know, early on, you brought up the idea of values and you know and whatnot. And again, it makes me relate to another point that I think is so important. Again, tying in if we're if we're using kind of Ted Lasso in a sense as a touch point. You know, he created a goal. And where I go with values is he put up a, a sign uh, over top of a, of, of a doorway that just said, believe. All right. And so, the, you know, I tie into values there to just saying, you know what, that could have been a belief of his that, you know, we have to believe that there's something greater. We have to, you know, any number of ways you could, you could process that. We could have a whole 30 minute, one hour conversation just on that, what that represents alone. But the point is, he took something, you know, you mentioned values, he took something like a value and created a centering point. And I think more than anything, not that you have to use a value as a centering point, but you have to have something that keeps people united and striving toward. And so I think that's my key point, too, is if you, you know, we want to keep building team leadership, you've got to give people something that's a unifying factor that we're working toward. Because if we don't, it's really hard to create team if everyone's unifying point is different, right? And he created a unifying point just around that one word, that one phrase, you know, that that one piece that hung on that doorway. Uh, but, you know, maybe in our own companies, we have to process and think about what is the one thing that we're all striving toward uh, in our businesses that can help build this idea of team and then in turn, hopefully help to grow more team leadership, you know, as well. So, you know, 
I mean, putting it back to you, Brett, you know, I, I guess the question would be is, is maybe even pulling out of your, your own company as well, you know, is what are the things that you find that, like I said, when you see, when you see team leadership really happening, what's some common things around that? Or what ties that in? Is, is there something that's, that's a, a centering piece? Is there something that's a unifying piece? Or, you know, what's that look like? Yeah, you know, I think you make it, you make the, also the great point, calling back to the values and getting to, I guess we're just getting deep. I don't mean we're getting philosophical. I mean that you're getting into the depths in the company and what has it to where people want to align with the values or be about the values. And a lot of it, a lot of it may happen from who you hire in the company. Okay. So, and, and if you think about who you hire in the company and how I bring them in, what do they understand about your company? Right now, the struggle is real as far as hiring people for everybody. And in hiring people, we run the risk of hiring to hire. We used to see it at strategies where people would hire to hire because they were they they wanted to grow teams but weren't thinking about their financial realities and whether or not that would actually take away from team. But now we're seeing all this hiring that they that everybody needs to hire and they're just hiring to hire. Some people just hire to hire. The danger is, does that person understand your values? So one of the things that I discovered that that we locked into and we developed was this. It was in our hiring practice. And I'm not, this is not a, a conversation about hiring as much as it is. I want to give you an illustration. So when we began to hire somebody, the first thing we did is we approached it in the same way that we do in marketing. We wanted to first answer their fears about coming to work for, for us. That's what marketing does every day on TV. They're answering a fear for you. What is it going to happen? What's going to be like if I buy this product or if I get this service? So what's it going to be like if I work at this company? So we we put out something, it's called a love letter, and we put it out there. And that's kind of our way of, you know, hear about our company, submit your resume. They submit the resume. We look at the resume. We do a quick phone interview. We ask them to come in for an inter- in-person interview. At that point, we introduce them to the team. Then we have them do a a shadow day with the team. Now, shadow day, for the most part, was, you know, can we see how this person interacts with people and that sort of thing? But honestly, it's to see if the team feels good about would they uphold the values. It's got two parts to it. Then we have an audition day and we get to see their skills. After that, they do a team interview during one of our huddles, just a short one. And that's a long, lengthy process. But at the end, we're asking the team to help decide who this person is. Does this person, this team has been protected by the values in the company. When that person comes to work for us, they expect the same for the next hire. Everybody that I currently have in my company have gone through this same process. And therefore, they're very protective of it. And I find at times they even uphold the values where I might go, well, I wonder if we could allow this and allow that. They see the question go, because that's what I do in my mind. I, I tend to be that person who looks at all the angles and I might hesitate a little bit because I'm thinking of it where I have team members that go, no, 
the, the, our values say this. Say, you're right. You reminded me. Appreciate it. Because that's what a team is. A team is not one person making the decisions for everybody. Because if you're one person making the decisions for everybody, you're exhausted. You're exhausted. If you have somebody who's having a struggle with time standards, another team member to step up and help that person is amazing because that's what I've seen happen. And I've actually seen our, our team defend our company from, from, from somebody maybe may saying something negative. And it's just like, I'm, I'm blown away. It's just, they step up and they, and they say this stuff. So on the value side of it, when you, when you think about the value, first got to know what those are. You got to understand what is, what are the values in the company? And I've, feel like you can't you can't even decide what your mission is until you know what your values are right because it, it, it's it's kind of like saying go out there and do all the work you can and we'll see what numbers happen well we have we have values our reason for being our reason for existing our aligned values in our company if we have those in place we can decide what our mission might be what the, where we want to take the company, what's the overall mission and what we have to do to get there. Where you have vision, which is a much bigger, broader thing. Vision never ends. Mission is are the steps along the way. Each mission is another step. Each mission is another, another thing that you take, take on. So when, you know, think about values, think about the depth of it all, and getting to where that person is and how you get people to align with those, you can't tell people to believe in your values. You can't just say, these are our values. Boom. You've right. got to include them in it. Well, you know, before we get too far away from something that uh, that you said that really hit me was, you know, if the focus today, if there's a, a theme for today and we're talking about you know, team leadership, like, all right, I like to build team leadership. I think really what you just brought up there makes me think about the definition of team leadership in a way, which is, and you said it, is it's it's people that protect the culture. You know, that really isn't, is, uh, you know, exhibits team leadership. You know, not, I think when we use the word leadership, maybe people get a little bit too wrapped up in the, in the pure definition of it. And they might always say, well, a leader is someone that has X title. You know, not everyone on your team is going to have a title, but leadership is not exclusive to that. And again, it's a little bit cliche, although we say it all the time and I do believe it, you know, there's that, oh, everyone's a leader. And yes, that is true, but don't just blow that off you know, just as a, is a nice kind of sentiment or saying it's, you gave the example of what that looks like. It's in the hiring process. You talked about the multiple steps and you talked about how, how someone that's coming into your company passes through many different phases and many different people along the way. And it, you know, and again, it, and it ends and kind of culminates with the entirety of the team being involved. Now it doesn't matter if that, if, if someone that's a part of that might be the newest member of the team, maybe they were only hired a couple months ago themselves, but now they're on the other side of that and they can exhibit team leadership just through their feedback, their observations, their comments, the protecting of the culture. 
is really, if you really had to kind of look at it and say, what's team leadership about? It's people that protect your culture. And again, then we can get back to, yeah, that's rooted in values. That's grounded in things. You talked about that, that idea of the love letter, you know, or again, as you said, you know, really the love letter is nothing, you know, nothing more than really a, just a really strong statement about our culture that represents who we are, really shows us in our truest sense, in real words and real examples, and just kind of exhibits who we are to attract people. And I think, I think that's a huge part of, of this idea of, if we want to create this team leadership, you know, it's find people that protect your culture, you know, and, you know, that's what it starts to look like. And how do you protect your culture? And, and really what the what the power is of that? Right. You know, I think there's, a you know, I mean, a lot in there, you know, to continue to kind of discuss. But a place I want to go to keep moving this forward and probably the last stopping point you know, with the time we have for today uh, is, you know, the favor, I know it's your favorite statement out of the, out of the whole series. It's be curious, not judgmental. The Walt Whitman quote that he brings out that, that, that he speaks to, but again, just to say, you know, there's a famous line again. So it's a, he's quoting and it's a quote from Walt Whitman uh, to be curious, not judgmental. And he's talking about in the context that he does it, he's talking about how people observe other people basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like, you should be curious and not judgmental. And I think that's really applies to this topic of, of leadership and team leadership, because I think a lot of times what hinders is we are judgmental, not curious. We're just the opposite of that, of that sentiment. And, you know, how, I mean, I know it's a big, I know it's one of your like favorite, you know, touch points, you reference it a lot. So I know you got a lot of feelings on it, but what's, where do you, where's your mind right now in, in that area? Well, you know, first of all, one of the reasons I love the quote is it's clear and it's concise. It's short and it's sweet. And it's saying exactly what we need to be, what we need to be, what needs to be said and what we need to be doing touch on back for a minute on everything else you got to be clear you got to have clarity you got to have the values and you got to say what needs to be said none of this means put off saying something let me overthink it for a while and then let it slide it's none of that i think that's where trust comes from we address it as it happens let's let's do it on the quote itself it's my natural tendency to judge first we do it every day in traffic, right? Those that may have a commute and somebody cuts you off or somebody turns into your lane, that sort of thing. It's our thinking at that moment is based on just the evidence in front of us, but we're not in that car. We don't know what that person was thinking. We don't know what led up to it. Now, granted, I'm not giving up being a little ticked off at, at traffic at that moment. I'm not trying to say, you know, this is all everybody just, you know, you know, be sweet to each other, be kind to each other. I'm not asking that. I'm just saying, use that as your example for a moment. Maybe if we started to be more curious about things, it gives us the ability to slow down and try to gain a new perspective because at that point, if you're just being judgmental, 
you're only thinking that your way of thinking is the only way of thinking. But if I'm curious for just a moment, I may broaden my thought pattern a little bit. It doesn't mean I've given in to anybody, but I may broaden my thought pattern a little bit and I might grow the company bigger and better because of that. And, you know, basic understanding of how we take care of people, think of companies that have benefits in the company. How did that happen? You know, where did that, where did that come from? And, you know, how is it that we do that stuff to this day when you, when you think about it? So in his quote, Walt Whitman's quote, be curious, not judgmental. It's to be very clear in what I'm going to say to somebody. It's being very clear in what my thoughts are, how I can, how I can be better at this. But even in the best settings, if, if you're even going to, maybe you're going to buy a new car and at the dealership, if you're thinking on the lines of judgmental the whole time and not thinking of curious, you're not asking the right questions about buying the car. And if you keep asking questions, you may find that you're able to find a way to negotiate to get the price down. There's something to be said for, let's ask some questions. Let's ponder this for a second and let's see how we can make this better. Think about those people that have inspired you, that find a way of, of, of hearing what you say, ask the right questions, and get to know the person. How much more will they follow you at that point? Because if you ask the questions, you may find that they have something that will align with you with what your values are, and you can take them further. When we choose the other route, we are blocking ourselves from seeing anything else other than what we're feeling at that point. And we put people in boxes. We put them in boxes and we shut the lid. I, yep, I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's one of those components that, you know, you can't, you don't want to, you obviously don't want to close people off, you know, to, you know, where your thinking is and, you know, what's going to hinder the opportunity to keep continuing to grow people and grow your company as a result of that. So, you know, I think that that's, you know, I think you bring up again, just some great, great points in there. Yeah, as we start to kind of wrap our time up, Couple things that really, I'll just kind of do a little bit of a recap. Couple things that really stood out to me today uh, were this. And, you know, Brett, interested to hear your thoughts on, you know, just a little bit of recap from what you, what you took out of the conversation today. Here's what I got out of this is, you know, from a leader, from a team leadership standpoint, things we can, we need to start to focus on is number one, we talked about meet people where they are, you know, that idea of empathy and find out where people are. Because that's going to allow you to start to say, you know what, if I can, if I can meet them where they are, that's going to help me better to get them where they want to go. And in turn, in turn, that leads to that idea of, you know, them being more engaged, them being more involved, which gives me to the second point that I felt really stood out today, which is, all right, you know, give them a point to center on, 
You know, we use the idea from, again, referencing kind of all things Ted Lasso a little bit today, but again, that sign that he put over the door that believe that was the focus point in theirs that, that centered them. Great. You have, you have something in your company that keeps people centered, keep people driving to that, put that out there because people need that. If they're going to be engaged and again, lead as a team, which as we kind of explored in the last segment there really was more about the idea of being protectors of your culture as much as anything else. They need to know what they're protecting. They need to know where that rallying point is. They need that. So again, give them a centering point. So meet them where they are, give them a centering point. And then the last thing to me was, again, just that whole idea, be curious, not judgmental, which, you know, I think you so perfectly kind of, you know, expanded on but just the idea of allow yourself to stay open-minded to what's around you and what's happening, because maybe things are happening that you might never have observed or thought about in your own way, but others are, are engaging in a different way that is for the positive, that is something that is moving, you know, something for moving your company for moving your culture forward in some way. So that's to me what really stood out today. And if I were going to say, man, go back and apply, you know, take those three things and, and start finding ways to apply them in your business, because I think that's what's going to start moving a needle uh, for sure. For sure. I don't know what, what stood out to you today, Brett. Uh, you know, I'm on the same wavelength with you. And as you were talking, I'm, I'm reminded of a story of something that recently happened with a guest going to judgmental, you know, being curious, not judgmental. This was a guest that um, she has been a longtime client and tends to live a little bit on the negative side. And when she comes in, she she always has a negative statement, but she comes consistently every five weeks, every five weeks. And she's done this for 10 or 12 years. So we have a team member who she said, I've, I've got an idea, something I want to try. Instead of asking her this next time, what did you think of your service last time? What did you think of your color? I'm going to, I'm going to say to her, what did you like about your service last time? What did you like about your color? And this person has actually even used four-letter words before, but still comes back consistently. She just, this is just her, her style. This last time she was in, or actually two times that she was in, this team member, her name is Amber, asked her, what did you like about your service last time? What did you like about your color? And she said, oh, it was fantastic. It held up very well. I loved it. I don't want to change anything. That's the first time she ever, when that was asked that first time, that was the first time she ever responded absolutely positive. And I realized that it's not that she was always trying to be negative. She felt it was her duty to point out things that would make us better. So once we changed the questions and changed perspective, we were able to see that maybe part of it, we invite somebody to be negative about it. So overall, with what we're, what we're talking about, going through and thinking, how do we develop a team that considers empathy for everybody and team also includes all the leadership in the company? Leadership is an act, not necessarily a person. I think you kind of said that. So it's an act, not necessarily a person, 
but that coach in the company or that owner in the company, how do they end up earning some of that back, some of that, that empathy back? So they have to build trust. They have to be clear in the company. They have to choose clarity. They have to make sure values are understood. And they have to be very open with their conversation with, with team members. And in that, they have to be, they have to make sure that, that they hear them. But they have to remember that there's a whole entire team. So we have to adhere to the values of things that we agreed on. These are the actions that we said that we'll, we'll, we will continue with. This has been awesome, man. This has been a great conversation, Brett. Loved every minute of it. And again, we hope that you out there listening in did as well. And again, what we hope is the same way that I know got me thinking. I hope that this conversation got all of you thinking. And again, how can you take some of uh, what you gleaned from the day and apply it in your own businesses, your own companies, your own thinking? So, Brett, once again, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Um, You know, we again, we know it's uh, a lot out of our day. So again, thank you for stepping away. And again, the same thing to all of you. We know this is time spent out of your day. And so thank you for taking that and spending that time with us. As usual, check us out on other podcasts. We've got them always coming for you. We're always looking to have great conversations. So we will talk to you all again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Beauty Business Strategies podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to hit follow. And please share the episode link with anyone who you think could benefit from today's content. To learn more about how strategies can help create more fun, profit, and growth potential for you, your company, and your team, we invite you to schedule a free 60-minute strategy session by clicking the direct link in the description of this episode. There, you'll also find links to our wide array of coaching, seminar, and learning opportunities, all of which can be found at strategies.com.